Hello, it's Tony Burke. We have defied everybody's expectations and really happy to welcome you to the 5 and 5 live episode number 5. Uh, didn't think we'd last this long and yet here we are and we are joined today here in my office straight after question time on the Thursday by the Chief Whip of the Australian Labor Party, the gov- Chief Government Whip in the House of Representatives, Joanne Ryan. Joe, welcome. Thanks, Tony. Great to be with you. Uh, now, some of the listeners won't know what, like, in terms of corporate world and any other workplace, whip is an unusual title. Can you give us a sense of what you do? Uh as a former school teacher and principal, to all those school teachers out there who listen to Tony's Five and Five religiously, <laughs> yes. it's a lot like being a school teacher. Lots of pastoral care, lots of timetabling, lots of making sure people know where they should be <laughs> and know how to behave when they get there. And importantly, every time we have a vote, every time we win, it's thanks to the Prime Minister. And if we're ever under challenge, then it's all on you. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us here today. And obviously, the the party whip's also the person who's probably most in touch with what's happening with the backbench of the of the parliament every day as well. Ah, uh, it's the it's the best part of the job. The best part of the job is that I get to work with uh, twenty two new members of parliament, the twenty two class, the new members of parliament. Watch them grow, watch them learn, um, and then watch them perform in the parliament and they are a stellar class. It, the the intake that we've had from the last election really has been phenomenal. Uh, but anyway, let's get into the podcast and start with the best things of the week. Okay. I, for me, I've got to say there was a line that Jim Chalmers gave in parliament that I just thought with everything that's been happening in the economy and what's been happening with the shift to the right of the coalition and the way they've been handling the referendum debate, he just brought it all together in the most simple statement. Thanks, Mr Speaker. Those opposite would rather fight Labor than fight inflation. Inflation is moderating, but the Liberals and Nationals aren't. I reckon that's a fair summary of the whole week. That's certainly how it feels. They're Uh, certainly not moderating. And... um, Jim's had a, a few great lines. Like he went on, uh, and he, he he's developed this phrase that a few of us have picked up. I'll admit, I've I've hopped on the bandwagon with this one as well, referring to the party of robo debt as the the simplicity of it, which is exactly like the the meanness of that policy wasn't confined to that policy. Absolutely not. It was a reflection of their attitudes towards the most vulnerable in our country. Now, we've had a really big win this week for the government that's going to be affecting a lot of people's lives with a bill that Amanda Rishworth was responsible for, the, the strengthening the safety net bill. Absolutely. And Amanda's doing some fantastic work, but the, the celebrations in the chamber at the news that that had passed the parliament was extraordinary. This is the one with the job seeker rate going up by $40 and there's a series of other payments. Rental assistance. Rental assistance goes up. There's the changes to um, what used to be known as a single parent pension, um, reverting to when the youngest child is 14 rather than eight. And then there's the extra money in JobSeeker for for people over 55 and at risk of homelessness. And we know that most of those are women. Um, So the whole package really does go to the heart of who Labor is, which is why people feel it so deeply that we're the party that we're the party that <laughs> works when bells ring. Um, we're the party that feels deeply 
that this country is a country where no one should be left behind. And we, we had a few hours of potential madness on, on Monday morning where it looked like the, the coalition and the Greens were going to team up in the Senate and effectively block the bill, which would have stopped those payments proceeding. Uh, but it, at the end of those few hours, by the middle of Monday, it was finally clear that even if amendments were moved, people weren't going to insist that we were going to get the legislation through and that means that those payments can now happen for people, yes. which is much, much needed with everything that's going on. Absolutely, absolutely needed. And I know people in my electorate who will be celebrating that news and looking forward to some relief in their household budgets. Another great thing that we have had this week uh, in Tenya Plibersek's area was the decision about the Great Barrier Reef. Yeah, really exciting to, to be in a position where we can say a change of government has been acknowledged by the international community as having a positive impact for the environment and having the work that we're doing uh, to protect the environment acknowledged internationally. Fantastic and great work from Tanya Plibersek. Yeah. Look, there's people who follow the 5 and 5 email and are listening to this podcast share a fascination that I have and I think you share for the standing orders of the Australian <laughs> Federal Parliament. Um, we, are, we are a niche group but, but we're a dedicated group. Now, there was a really weird thing procedurally that, that we did today uh, in terms of we had a question that was not asked to a minister. Yes, we had a question that was asked to a backbencher who chairs a very important committee in the parliament. So this was Kate Thwaites stood up and asked a really detailed question. All of it was procedural but to Julian Hill as the chair... What's the name of that committee? Do you the JCPPA? Yeah, there are many say. letters. Yes. It used to be joint public accounts, but yes. it's got audit or something. Accountant at the end. audits. I yeah, think is how it goes okay. At the end. We've got it. We're probably the two people who ought to know the name of that committee. Probably. But anyway, <laughs> Julian does, and what he went through was a whole inquiry that they've been having, where uh, effectively it's it's related to some of the Stuart Robert issues, uh, and effectively. One of the key witnesses about where these payments may or may not have been going, uh, a Mr John uh, Margrison. Yes. He has gone missing. Like the committee's now had a letter from his lawyers saying he's no longer involved with Australia. Yep, failed to, failed to show up to a hearing of the parliament of this very important committee um, and lawyers suggested, well, he's left the country but also disassociated himself from the country. Now, now, this is where a the standing orders are really tight on what you can do as a chair of a committee if you're asked a question. So Julian had to be really careful and there was a lot that he would have liked to have said but couldn't say. Um, and I sort of thought, well, that'll sort of send a message to the journalists, this is all worth following up. But then in a moment where I thought I had a role in organising who got Dixer questions, but Paul Fletcher stands up, the manager of opposition business, and asks a com- throws a complete full toss to Bill Shorten and asks about is there any criminal involvement anywhere uh, in the NDIS? And Bill gave one of the most spectacular answers I think I've heard for a while where he went through all the extra work we were doing on enforcement and then says, oh, and if you know where this John McGerson uh, is... Uh, you might know him. He was a really effective Liberal Party fundraiser, which was one of the things that, that Julian had not been allowed to say because of the rules around his answers. So thank you, Paul Fletcher. I think he gets a, 
a gold star for that performance. He gets an own goal. Let's hope the Matildas don't kick any. <laughs> um, before we go to worst. Yes. It's been a big week in sport and you have been, I think it's fair to say, the parliamentary champion of women's sport. Uh, parliamentary friends of women in sport, I chair, as well as parliamentary friends of netball. And this week has been an extraordinary week. Two World Cups, two world-class teams coming out of our country. But to host the FIFA Women's World Cup here in Australia and across the ditch in New Zealand, but importantly here in Australia, has been extraordinary. And the fever in the parliament has been extraordinary. You know, you usually have to send a message out to say where you're green and gold, come into the chamber. No messages required. People it are was everywhere. Flags. It's everywhere. <laughs> um, now, it's also in a lot of ways been a challenging week because the House has got pretty ugly on a few issues. So let's just for a second go to the worst. <laughs> talk about the worst of the week, I think we both know the sort of debate that that we're thinking about, but I'll, I'll let you kick off. Yeah, well, um, in thinking about today, before question time, I thought I'd seen the worst, but I saw the worst this afternoon. I saw the Leader of the Opposition uh, on a censure motion uh, say some incredible things about the referendum, um, accusing people who are trying to bring the country together of being divisive. Mm. You know, and my thoughts were, you know, the Leader of the Opposition is beginning to look like the symbol for division. A dot above, a straight line, a dot below. That's, that's what he's become for me now as the accusations were thrown across the chamber, uh, you know, and on the – it was a bad moment. But, you know, probably the worst moment was when I realised – that the former policeman was now wanted to be the fashion police as well, <laughs> talking about the Prime Minister's T-shirts oh, at yeah. rock concerts. That's oh. right. Wore a midnight oil T-shirt <laughs> to a midnight oil concert. Yeah. Stop press. Stop press. <laughs> um, and, look, at the we had that moment where question time got interrupted. I had to make the call, do we allow this debate that Peter Dutton wants to have to happen right now or do we put it off later? I took the judgment that we should just let him go straight away because what I wanted was for him to have his 10 minutes and then the Prime Minister to have the 10 minutes in response. And like, not wasted on me, who's been in the Parliament for nine years in opposition, that every time we moved a censure motion, the votes disallowed us from speaking. Yeah, it was so always we were, move the member, be no further yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, they always gagged us and yeah. to, to be in government and have the confidence to allow that debate to continue, I think it's a sure sign of how well the government's travelling and the faith we have in one another and the faith we have in the Prime Minister. To yeah, well, he, he made like an argument which I, I hadn't heard fully vented until today, which is drawing out the fact that the opposition actually say the voice should be legislated. So if they support legislating it, then how on earth can all the things they say are wrong with it be true? Like it just like their two arguments cannot possibly hold, and and ultimately, I think there's just a simple concept there that recognition through a voice will deliver results. Absolutely, and that's what listening does. We can't finish the worst without talking about that moment on Monday, just after four o'clock, when Scott Morrison stands up and decides to give a long speech about the Robo Debt Royal Commission 
and to talk about the victim of RoboDebt, which apparently was Scott Morrison. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. He, he stopped the boats and took credit supposedly for that when the department did the work, but now he's not responsible the department is. That's that's right. That's right. Although he claims to be responsible for stopping it, notwithstanding that he started, started it. it. That's yes. right. Uh, but there was uh, Bill had a few hits back over that, and sort of it was you're able to say a lot more because Morrison had stood up and just the lack of contrition was beyond belief. Lack of self awareness. Yeah. But, um, but we have known this about him for some time. But uh, if he was looking for some self-awareness, I, I reckon Bill probably offered him some when he said this. The member for Cook is a bottomless well of self-pity and not a drop of mercy for all of the real victims of robo-death. It absolutely summed up exactly how most people feel about that. And, you know, Scott Morrison continues to come into the parliament to defend his actions and he gets indulgence to do so because we all think he might resign. Yeah. But it's also for for all of his comments on RoboDead and the, like some of the victims are no longer with us. Yeah. And yeah. that's the reality of this and, you know, the the party of RoboDead, that concept of, of punching down, yeah. of, you know, going after people who need help most, uh, it's what they did with RoboDead, it's what they're now doing with access to housing. And it's what they continue to do in trying to stop people from getting pay rises. So it's, I think it, it's absolutely true to form. And I, I said at the time, for many times, how many times did we all get on our feet with stories about robo debt victims? And, you know, they never quite understood that they were actually accusing, in my electorate, many young people of defrauding the Commonwealth. Yeah. And they've never said, I'm sorry, ever. Uh, okay. Now, we have a tradition here that you get to pick a song ah. that, that you think that you think is an appropriate dedication for the week. So you, you give yours and then, and then I'll throw one in the mix as well. No, well, mine's definitely um, still hanging around, Hunters and Collectors. I had a listen today yeah, yeah. and I thought I could just see the Leader of the Opposition and the Member for Cook at the, um, you know, standing at the bar with a scotch with their pockets full of pride and... Nowhere to go and nothing to do. <laughs> well, uh, that, that's a great choice. Um, and Hunter's great, great band. I'll go with DMOs. Uh, and people can take this in honour of the own goal from Paul Fletcher uh, or they can define it as broadly as they want, but I'll take the DMOs song, Criminals, and that's, uh, that's my, my dedication for the week. Joe, thanks so much for – well, first of all, thanks for what you do as Party Whip. Uh, we don't win votes on the floor without your work. And there's also, which a lot of people wouldn't know, a real pastoral role in looking after people when there might be some crisis or a real tough time in their life. So uh, you play an absolutely critical role in the in the whole place here for the government. So Thanks, Tony. I wouldn't be able to do it without my team, as I know you wouldn't be able to do your job without yours, and they work very well together. Thanks for joining us here in the room and thanks everybody for listening again and fingers crossed we'll be back again with you next week for the 5 and 5 Live. <laughs> <laughs>